penetration is always seen as like the thing you're aiming for which is just it is yeah it's seen as like the thing you're building towards hey like the finish line and like you're meant to be fucking sopping wet and gagging for it that's so true yeah Yeah. and it's it's you know when you Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. All right, welcome back, friends, to another episode of The Boundless Self. And this episode is, oh my God, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's fucking juicy. Get ready to hear a lot of TMI, a lot of chat about sex, orgasm, self-pleasure, finding your clitoris. So much stuff is going to be shared inside this episode. We are joined by the most incredible expert ever, and it's just fucking fabulous. So tuck in, get ready to have your mind blown and find out how to experience more pleasure in your life. Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to share about a very exciting opportunity to work together inside my new program, Boundless. This program is a 10-week transformational coaching program to help you transform the relationship you have with the parts of you that are keeping you stuck. So think of the parts of you that are the most afraid, that are vulnerable, that are fearful, that experience anxiety, that experience tiredness, fatigue, a lack of energy, a lack of clarity about life, a lack of confidence. Think about how you feel towards those parts of you. Think about how annoying and frustrating you find them. This transformation of self takes place by transforming the relationship you have with those most vulnerable youngest parts of you. And that's what we're doing inside Boundless. Boundless is about doing the deep inner healing work and having the accountability and support to take action on your dreams. To learn more about this amazing program, book in a free connection call with me. This is just a quick chat where we get to know each other and ensure the program is the right fit for you. The link is in the show notes and so is the link to learn more about this incredible program. And without further ado, let's dive into this fucking juicy episode. I'm so excited for you to hear. I'm a little bit like happy, buzzy, like a little puppy to be talking to this amazing woman, this amazing friend and this amazing expert. And this is something that I've wanted to bring to this podcast space for a long time it's something I've wanted to talk about more but have struggled with within myself and I'm so excited to be finally having this conversation and interviewing the amazing Alicia Faye who is a sex and intimacy coach and today we are going to be diving into the the dying question that many of us have which is am I addicted to my vibrator and I'm really excited to dive into all these topics around sexual shame, pleasure, and for Alicia to share with us tips, tricks, pieces of information, understandings, mindset shifts, different perspectives about how we can experience more pleasure in our lives without the shame. And I think this is such an important topic. Like imagine feeling like you deserve pleasure. Imagine feeling like whatever way you want to feel pleasure, have an orgasm, have sex, that that's okay. And that that's awesome. And that's what I want everyone to walk away with a little bit of that magic today. So welcoming the amazing Alicia to the podcast. Alicia, how are you going today? Oh, I am doing so well. Thank you so much for having me here. And what a beautiful introduction. (laughs) So yeah, just so well said. And I am also jubilant, which by the way is a word. What does that, wait, (laughs) what does jubilant even mean? Oh, I'm thinking it was Queen's Jubilee. I'm pretty sure it means exactly what you were saying, which is elated, excited, et cetera, to be right. So, okay. Jubilant, jubilant is the theme today. Yeah, that's it. And 
so it's just so wonderful to be able to come to the space, to be welcomed in to talk about topics which have so much taboo around them, yet things that are part of almost everybody I know's life. Uh, like sex is something that is out there, it's everywhere, yet it's something that still has so much shame and stigma and taboo attached. And I think it's fantastic that you have just created the space to normalize it in a space that's not particularly just a sexual space, right? Like you're not a sex-based podcast. Um, you're about helping people move more into their authentic selves. And this is an important part of this piece, yet it also takes bravery for you to be willing to bring it to your community onto this podcast and to speak about it as well from somebody, like you said, who's gone through your own journey and you are going through your own journey in this space. So I'm very grateful to be here. Amazing. And like everyone listening, I just want you all to hear how fucking terrified I am to have this conversation and to have it go live into the world I'm fucking shitting myself. Like it is scary to talk about these taboo topics. It is scary. And what I love, we, me and Alicia were talking before the podcast. What I love about Alicia is like she and her content that she creates is magnetizing. And I was talking about a workshop that I bought from her that she ran your, I think it was called Ducop Tease one. And it was this one where she's literally licking this dildo and looking into the screen like into the camera like so and she just had you you had no qualms you had no doubts you had no hesitation to just be doing this live on screen like knowing this was recorded going out to multiple people and it like blew me fucking away that somebody could do this and feel this empowered and confident and like I mean that might not have been your experience who knows but it was for me it was the eye contact it was the eye contact mm-hmm. of you looking into the screen so basically this cop tease workshop was um or it might have been the better blowjob something about that but it was going through the topic of giving better blowjobs and understanding different techniques and it had this beautiful blend of the practical aspect of it and this was where Alicia was literally going through with this dick in her hands basically <laughs> and and licking it and looking into the camera and her eye contact I was like oh Jesus oh my god it's right there um your purple <laughs> penis and I was literally like holy fuck I, I'm turned on right now like strong yes. confident like confident people just turned me on and I was like mm. damn like what must it feel like to feel that way and it it made me realize as I've connected more with Alicia so much of the shame that I hold around my own pleasure and sex and even trying to bring this podcast to this episode of this podcast. And really the reason that this podcast exists is the journey of becoming boundless, bound, no longer being bound by fears and by shame. And boundless pleasure is something that I want Mm -hmm. to make a regular, um, a regular thing on this podcast because pleasure is one of those things that so many of us are bound in. And Mm. I am in this world and I've done a lot of beautiful work around this and I've come a really long way and I still feel this. I still feel this shame often and it's really hard. And that's why I want to bring Alicia on. And that's why I asked, you know, beautiful people in my community, asked some questions and got them to share what some of that was like for them. And the consensus was this deep sense of shame around pleasure and around my body being this way and someone else's being another. And one of the best most interesting conversations we're just diving in right here was the ability to orgasm from penetration alone versus Mm -hmm. 
oral or a vibrator. And I just have to get so vulnerable here. I have never been able to orgasm through penetration alone ever. And like Mm. in the last two, three years, the only way I've ever been able to have an orgasm, even with a partner has been by using my vibrator, you know? And I felt, I felt, especially in one of my last relationships, I felt so much shame around that because it triggered an upset, not enoughness, disappointment Mm. in that partner that I was with at the time. Yeah. And that was so hard and horrible to carry. And before that, I had never, never even thought twice about there being shame attached to a vibrator. I saw my vibrator as this tool that added pleasure. I saw it as fucking sex in the city, empowerment. Like, you know, when you go into a sex shop with your friends and you're all giggling and laughing and you're like really excited to try new things. Like that was a relationship with that I had with my vibrator, which I fucking love. And I entered into this relationship and there was a lot of shame that it triggered for him to not be able to make me orgasm. And Mm -hmm. I internalized that and I made it mean so much about myself. I made it mean Mm -hmm. like I was wrong. My body was wrong. I trained myself to only respond to a manual toy and I'd become addicted to my vibrator and I needed to stop myself. I needed to change Mm -hmm. and like all of this shame and it fucking sucked. It absolutely sucked, sucked, sucked. And I remember having this moment going, oh my God, this relationship is not for me. Like I just know it's not. And I continued, I spoke about this in one of the last episodes, but I continued to stay in that relationship because I wanted the love and I, because I was feeling a lot of this shame, but Alicia, can you tell us, and from what the conversations I've had with my friends and with my audience, the general consensus I've got was that I know uh, three people out of what the fucking must be over a hundred people that I've spoken to that have been able to have an orgasm through penetration. Mm, yeah. So you want me, yeah. So you want me to comment on that? <laughs> oh, I want you to comment. I want you to comment. I want I'll you to share with us what, you know, talk yeah. like yeah. go off. This is your space. I cannot wait. Yeah. It's really interesting because being in the, the sex education, sex coaching, sexology space. I mean, it's so normalized for me to see, orgasms talked about in so many ways, the ways that we can reach orgasm, the orgasm growth that each of us can go on. It's so normalized. And so often I have to take a step back and be like, Alicia, where were you five years ago, 10 years ago? Like this definitely wasn't your reality, right? Because I deeply resonate with everything you're saying. God, I probably only orgasm via penetration maybe like two, three years ago, wow. uh, maybe two yeah. years ago, if I'm looking back at it. All right. I just want to stop there. So yeah. sex and intimacy, intimacy coach Alicia Fay only managed <laughs> an orgasm through penetration two to three years two ago. Years ago. <laughs> two years ago. So I just want to, I want it for anyone. Cause that's what I spoke about with a lot of people was there was so much mm-hmm. shame around that. And yeah, I just want, I want people to hear that and know that it's okay. You know? Oh, so absolutely yeah. so okay. Right. Like there's, there's this kind of orgasm hierarchy that I'm hearing more and more come out, which drives me insane, to be honest. Like, oh, if you can only orgasm via your clitoris, then, you know, you are not as good as if you can orgasm via penetration, which is so, it puts penetration on a pedestal, right? Which is so male-centric. Be like, oh, that means I'd be able to pleasure my partner more because finally the thing that gives him all the pleasure can give me just as much. 
Yes, right? like so, the, the bloody jewel orgasm that yeah. you, you read in your, and I read a lot of sexy books. I have to say this. I'm awesome. very, I love a fucking sexy book, yeah. but at one stage I actually had to make the choice to stop reading them because they were creating more shame for me because mm-hmm. they were having this easy as fuck sex life where their bodies yeah. just molded together. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, every time they like two minutes into having sex, they'd both be having these powerful jewel orgasms. Oh, I'd be like, God. I looked at his face and that was enough to make <laughs> me. It. it sent me over the edge into eternal I, bliss. <laughs> I unraveled. That's my favorite word. I unraveled around him. Um, that's my fucking favorite word. me to the stars and I became yeah. part of the universe for a moment. <laughs> and yeah. like, it just, to be honest, it just fucked me off a little bit. I was like, yeah. I have out of the, I'm going to say hundreds because I love to speak about sex with my friends. I act like mm-hmm. we go deep into this topic all the time. Anyone that knows me, I actually have a great little funny story just to, just to brighten everyone's mood. Um, <laughs> one about this was when I was uh, maybe a year or two ago and I was in the midst of this sexual liberation piece and I was learning lots about myself. And um, I had a partner at the time who was, you know, really explorative and really curious. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun and I felt so sexy and empowered. It was great. And we went to Margarita night with some of my gals and there was a couple of new people that were coming, new girls that were coming along to this Margarita night. And I didn't know they were there. And I like went in, I sat down at this booth and I just announced, like I was late, I announced to about eight people. I was like, guys, I have just taught myself how to squirt. You will never believe. And I like, I was (laughs) applauding myself. And there was like yeah. two or three people that I'd literally never met before. And they looked at me and they just cracked up. And I was like, hi, I'm Kathleen. I love to talk about sex with And people. I just taught myself how to squirt. <laughs> I was like, and yes, hello, this is me. It was so fucking funny. And That's awesome. it was one of the moments that I had felt. It was a moment in my life where I, I hadn't felt a lot of shame about sex. But for me, in the last sort of year, I've been feeling a lot of it. And it's been like a, a journey that has ebbed and flowed, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was that moment where I had to go, okay, these sexy books are not supporting me and feeling turning turned on. They're making me think mm. that there's something wrong with my body or that I'm yeah. lacking something. And yeah. the logical part of me knew not everyone has sex like this. Like I've literally... I have never heard anyone having a dual orgasm. I've never, ever had that conversation with someone. So it was so just interesting to see that it was, it was coming up in these books all the time, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, there are so many myths out there around what constitutes great sex and what they get and what they're supposed to look like and how fast you're supposed to orgasm and the kind of algorithm you're supposed to go through in sex. Okay. You get full play for a certain amount of time and then you're supposed to really like be gagging for it. And you have the (laughs) penetration, like, you know, you finally get to penetration, which by the way, when have you ever really come across most um, erotic or sex-based content, which is like takes penetration out of the equation, right? Yeah. Penetration is always seen as like the thing you're aiming for, which is just it is, yeah. It's seen as like the thing you're building towards, hey, like the finish line and like you're meant to be fucking sopping wet and gagging for it. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's you know, when you firstly I want to say I got rid of the word foreplay. Like I use it still to use the language that people around me use and my audience use, Mm -hmm. but 
I, when I talk to people about sex, I often take the word foreplay off the table because mm-hmm. to me, foreplay is what happens outside of a sexual experience. It's the play you have all day. Oh. Basically. I love to say foreplay all day. It is, it's the psychological play together. You know, if you're with a partner or you're dating someone, you have a sexual um, partner, it's the text you send to each other. It's the support you give each other. It's the intimacy you have. Um, it's all these things that are conducive and create space for your sexuality to thrive. Full oh, play all day. I yeah. fucking love that. And there is nothing hotter to me right. than anticipation. And exactly. for me, I know I have the best orgasms when they yeah. are delayed, when pleasure yes. is delayed and when it's built up, when it's built up in both my head and in my body, yes. that is when I have the that is when I unravel. Oh. <laughs> when I'm sent to the moon and stars. How Khaleesi. Absolutely. It's, I often like visualize it, visualize it as, as a kind of um, like like a beaker almost, like if you're a science beaker or yeah. just um, like bubbling this, over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, well, this vessel, I see it as a kind of a vessel. So if you think of like a vase or something, I think of orgasm as like the more water goes into this vessel, the bigger the orgasm or the more satisfying the orgasm, right? Like when I say bigger, I don't really like bigger because it makes us feel like it has to be like, like fireworks, but orgasms come in all shapes and sizes. And Mm -hmm. so how satisfying the orgasm is, is how much water in the beaker and putting water in the beaker is spiced up all day. It's right. It's like your partner doing the washing so that you don't have to think about it. (laughs) It's them sending you a sexy text message or walking past you and whispering, I love you into your ear. Mm. Or it's the new date being like, Hey, I thought of you the other day. And I want, you know, I wanted to share this with you. It's your ability to um, walk past the mirror and like give a little grin at yourself to feel good about yourself. All these little things, which are just really conducive for you to feel connected to yourself to feel turned on within yourself and to feel connected to anybody you might be having sex with Mm. and this is all like little stuff it's putting water in this vessel and then you get into a sexual experience and you have the opportunity to add more right and this is like you know little moments of like somebody grazing your skin it's like their lips on yours and you just getting to really just like melt into that moment and be there and know that there's no pressure to go anywhere else it's just being held it's you know feeling their hot lips on your neck right nibbling your ear their hands in your hair you know your hands tracing over like the the curves of their body all of these moments all of these moments of enjoyment and pleasure and connection like just continue to add water to this beaker and so the more time we give ourselves the more like ways that we intentionally um, have actions that add to the speaker when we like this beak is just full of pleasure, right? And if we do end up orgasming, then it's just like, it's it's like the beak is spilled out and we've got all this water and it's just this really satisfying experience. And at the same time, if you don't orgasm, you've got this beaker of pleasure, like this vessel of pleasure. So it's a satisfying experience anyway, whether or not you orgasm. Mm. And so we, for me, we should always be looking at how can we fill up this, this, this vessel with as much enjoyment, connection and pleasure as possible. Um, oh my God. I love, I love, love, love that switch and perspective from instead of orgasming being the goal, the goal, the goal or the experience becomes about filling up that vessel with as much pleasure pleasure as possible. Jesus, when you were talking, I was like, fuck, I miss having sex. I was like, damn, (laughs) like you sounded like you were writing one of those books. I hope you write a sexy book one day. I would Um, love to write some erotic novels. God. And, but like real erotic. Real ones. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, oh my God, he, like one of my, one of my most hated things in these books is that they, 
can have sex right, like they can penetrate yes. a sex right away, like yes. literally from, you know, they'll kiss for like one minute, oh. maybe not even a minute. They'll kiss a little bit and then it'll be like, and he pulled my skirt up and he entered me, whatever. Wow, Jesus. Um, at least she's a lot better than that than I am. <laughs> no, but that's what they're often like though, right? Yeah. Like, like I was like, he ripped his pants off and like slid his member into me. Yes. That's what Honestly, and okay. I have to share, I have to share this one thing. I literally, with a partner, I tried to recreate one of these moments. I tried mm. to recreate one of these really urgent moments. Yeah. And Jesus Christ was it sore. Mm. I was not wet enough in any way. Mm. And for me, like that build up is so important for me to get wet enough for his member to be able to slide into me. Yeah. Um, or I need lube, you know? Yeah, and again, love lube. love lube and like another piece of, of sexual shame there. And mm. let's loop back to, we've just gone on amazing tangents, but I've loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's loop back to the orgasm piece. And is there like a stat of like how many, like I've, I've read a lot of stuff about, you know, yeah. X amount of percent of people can orgasm from yeah. penetration alone or yeah. like what is, and you've said that there's different types of orgasm and you said mm. orgasm hierarchy, yes. which I'm very curious around. Yeah. It is a huge um, amount of pressure on women to be able to orgasm via penetration. But the reality is, is that most women orgasm via clitoral stimulation or need some type of clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm right so there are studies that indicate that only around 18 percent of women can orgasm from vaginal sex alone for example Did you say 18 percent 18 percent wow right? so Holy everybody shit. else yeah yeah so there's about five to ten percent of women who have yet to experience an orgasm yeah and the rest are women who like around 70 percent of women just over 70 percent of women who need some sort of clitoral stimulation to mm -hmm. orgasm so that just shows you how normal Damn. Yeah. it is to not be able to orgasm via penetration. Mm -hmm. Right. Our clitoris is central to our pleasure. And I won't go into too much depth about this because I have whole workflows like you can talk about this for so long. Yes. But basically this, the way that our pussy is structured is it's so interconnected and interdependent that the internal structures of your clitoris, because our clitoris is not just a little bulb on the outside, right? That is probably like less than 5% of the clitoral structure. Mm -hmm. um, most of the clitoral structure is internal mm -hmm. and it wraps, it comes around your, um, your vaginal canal, around your urethra, and it lies underneath your lips, right? Your labia. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Right along yeah. the end. Yeah, so it runs right under your labia, which is why sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in bed sometimes, you're kind of like massaging your labia. Like sometimes I just yeah. do it for comfort or I'll just like, you're massaging those internal networks. And those networks are slightly different sizes on each person. So some might wrap like quite far around the vaginal canal. Some might be um, only just touching or a little bit shorter, et cetera. But basically what happens when you get turned on, like so the more and more turned on you get, this engorges with blood. Mm. Right. So you have erectile tissue in your pussy. It is not just penises that get hard ons. Pussies get hard ons. <laughs> I love it. Pussies yeah. get hard ons, Pussies people. Get hard -ons. First. Yeah. And if you are not allowing time and like mm. for this part of your pussy and these delicious parts of your pussies to get turned on to engorge with blood, sex will often feel painful, uncomfortable. Mm. You'll just be like pushing yourself. It's like trying to shove like a soft cock in like a vagina, right? Like yeah. it can be really difficult, right? Because so we often wait or we often put energy into um 
you know, bringing someone to a state of erection if they have a penis. But if they've got a pussy, we're like, nah, 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 they'll be fine. And we just shove it in. Oh my God. That is so true. I never thought about it that way. Like you would always, always, always wait for the male partner's cock to get hard before you start having sex. Like that's just generally what you do. Right. But Mm -hmm. there's that, there's not the same ideal for women, which is that you would wait for your own hard on that you would wait for all that blood to rush there so everything can feel so much more Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we rely on wetness as an indication of readiness and wetness is not an indication of wetness, us of readiness at all. Really? I've always relied on it. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I mean, wetness is something that can happen when we are physiologically like um, aroused, Mm -hmm. right? There are a variety of things that happen when our, when our um, system kind of sees it going, oh, sexual stimuli. So yeah. I'm going to turn certain things on, right? Some of, my, some, some of it might be wetness. Some of it might be like hard nipples. Um, some of it's sending blood down to your genitals, et cetera. But your wetness is t- often something that happens first mm-hmm. or doesn't happen because of a variety of things, like how hydrated you are, your stress levels, hormones, variety of reasons. But we have all this media which talks about, oh, wetness means she wants it. Yeah. Right? And that's just not the case. So arousal, which includes your wetness, is not the same as desire. Desire and arousal are two complete different systems. Desire is your psychological wanting of sex, right? Mm-hmm. So you, if you get wet, it doesn't mean you want sex. And it's just your body's sex, response to that sexual stimuli. It's wow. like there's this wonderful book, Come As You Are, written by Emily Nagoski. Yes, oh my God, wonderful book. Such a good book. And there's this great analogy in it that she uses, this great metaphor where she says, you know, if you went and got a rotten, like if you got a peach out of the fridge and you bit into it and it was rotten, you would be like, oh, gross, throw it away. Mm. Right? So you'd be like, this is gross. However, your like unconscious system would still send saliva to your mouth. It would still do all of the things that needed to eat food. Oh but it doesn't my mean God. you want it and it doesn't mean you like it. Wow. Right. And that's the same with sex. So wanting sex is not the same as being like wet. So this is always helpful for what I find when we come to me and they're like, I'm really enjoying the sex. I really want the sex, but I'm not getting wet. Does that mean I don't want it? And I'm like, no, that's not what it means at all. Right. They're two very different systems. Now for me in my work, I find that when people connect more to their bodies, when they reduce sexual shame, when they focus on pleasure and really giving themselves time to turn on, the arousal system and the desire system will overlap a lot more, right? right? But it yep. takes time, energy, and pleasure to overlap, which is why it's important to actually check in with yourself, knowing where you're at. Are you enjoying yourself? Do mm. you need some more time? Are you t- turned on, right? So really being able to tune in and not rely on things like getting wet to to tell you what you're actually feeling inside. And if somebody like puts their fingers like um you know on your pussy and goes, yeah, but you're wet, so you must be wanting it. Or yes, you're wet, like you must be ready for it. And you know, I have women who are like, oh well, I must be. And I'm like, no, you get to check in with yourself and ask yourself if that's the case. Damn. Your wetness has no like is no indication of that. Um and just like peddling back though. So what I try to bring people to is to get to really know their body and to know what pleasure feels like in their body, to know what it feels like to be ready, to know what it feels like to actually like feel the yes in their body. Mm-hmm. Right. And both like it's both, both mind and body, like becoming aligned in such a space where everything is on board. All systems are a go. It feels really good. And that's what you're saying is the yes, right? It's saying, 
I want yes. this and my body feels yep. ready for this too. Exactly, exactly. It's less the unconscious things of your body, which is just like, you know, the getting wet. And it's more that yeah. that conscious body-mind connection, right? Yeah. So where you get to check in with yourself, yet yeah, mentally I'm here. I'm actually going to check in with my body because wetness is just an indication. But when you check in with your body, you know when you can feel if, if you're not quite ready for something, like somebody's like, oh, I, I want to go to a party. And you're like, oh, I'm not really sure. Like, if it's yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. those type of things of checking in with your body. You know, is your pussy really ready? to be entered or do you just feel like she should be like, or feel like it should be. I often call my pussy she, cause that's the way I like to get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, so when you learn the, like the language of your body mind in mm. sex, it's, it's amazing. It will change your sexual experiences, but we spend so much of our life overriding it yeah. because of sexual shame, because we're told that the other person's pleasure is more important than our own, mm-hmm. because we're told to be these sexual goddesses who, you know, everybody will shout how great we are from the rooftops, even if we're not enjoying it that much. Yeah. Right? We taught sex is for validation purposes um, and to be accepted. And yeah. so it makes sense why we override our natural um, intuition and internal responses, because often they won't align with those experiences yeah. and wow. they won't align with how we think sexual goddesses should be. Oh, she should be able to get turned on. <laughs> and she like should be able to orgasm at the touch yeah. of a button. I used right? to, I always like when I first started learning about the clitoris and honest to God, I didn't know what my clitoris was or where it was until yeah. I was like a friend had to tell me at 19 what my clitoris was. I had no fucking clue and I completely didn't understand. And I had had a couple of orgasms from oral sex before this. And I still had no idea what was going on. I remember the first time I almost, I, the first time I almost had an orgasm, I say almost because I had to stop myself because I literally thought I was going to pee. Like I was like, Oh dear God, I'm going to pee all over this person. And so I stopped it and it was really scary for a while, you know, but I always, again, like that goddess, sexual goddess is something I really resonate with at being able to like orgasm from the touch of a button, you know, thinking your clitoris is just this button that you just, you know, pop off and being able to make somebody else feel pleasure really easily and really effortlessly. And that it should be something that you just know how to do and that you want to do, you know, and the reality is that not a lot of people actually one know how to give pleasure to know to how to have the conversation. Cause that's mm-hmm. the thing that I found the most important in my sexual relationships has been the conversation and communication about what's happening in the moment. And I used to get into this habit of having a debrief almost afterwards. And I realized, I was like, why are we doing this afterwards? Like why? Like we need to be having these, you know, moments of conversation in between, but it felt Mm. so fucking terrifying to even, even the thought of me saying now to somebody that that doesn't feel good, that's terrifying to me still. And it's really scary, you know, to say that something doesn't feel good. Yeah. And it's an incredibly terrifying thing because typically a socialized woman, you were taught to be nice be nice yeah do things for love so in terms of like your role is to to be there for others and to be everything to everyone so when it comes to sex that it works like all the belief system comes up around but then I'm going to be telling them they're bad and then they might reject me or I'm going to hurt their feelings and yeah or well, like um, what if something's wrong with me what if exactly. that's what my fears has been what if other people like this yeah. and I remember having a conversation with a partner and they literally said those words they said 
Mm. Every other person I've been with, I've been able to make them orgasm. I've been able to do this and they've orgasmed and this has happened and this has happened. And hilariously enough in my head, they actually said, this is, this is a lot of information, but I think it's so funny. They actually said to me one time, one time I made this girl orgasm with one hand. And I was like, and in my head, the first thought that I had was she was faking it. She She was faking it. it. I felt so bad. Like, and in my head, I literally was just thinking, I was like, I wonder how many of the, you know, of these orgasms that this person thought that they were giving people. I was, I literally was just like, I wonder how many of them were fake. Like that was just what came up for me. And Mm. I felt terrible. I laughed about it. And I was just having a wee giggle with myself and it came from a place of, you know, me and my shame and for how long I faked orgasms for. I faked orgasms for fucking years. I only made the commitment. And I remember having to make such a conscious decision to commit to not faking them anymore. Like I really had to go, Kathleen, this is not helping you. It is not at all. And I, it only happened within the last like four years. And I yeah. really, and like, I remember still as soon as I felt that sexual shame with a partner, as soon as I felt that little thing of, oh my God, I'm taking too long. That was when I had that instant desire to fake an orgasm. And honest to fucking God, I faked seven orgasms in a row with someone one time. What the actual F was going on in that scenario. And it's so, obviously I look back on it now and I laugh and I, I was like, like, I'm just thinking, did they know? Like that must've been obvious that I wasn't enjoying it or I wasn't having a great time. And I, I've had so many beautiful conversations with friends and it's been so lovely to release the shame of faking orgasms and allowing ourselves to laugh about it and to laugh about the hilarity of seven yeah. in a row. And I'm talking like, oh, 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 I just had seven orgasms. <laughs> and it's like, why, like, you know, what came up for you there? Yeah, what, what did you feel yeah. was driving this need to have seven orgasms? It was that thing person. of, I need to be a sexual goddess for yeah. me to prove that I'm good enough and for yeah. me to, I was so concerned with making the other person feel pleasure, but I also knew that the more, I guess I could sense their insecurity and yeah. I knew that the more I told them how much of a great time I was having, yeah. that that would make them feel better. And sadly I gave zero shits about myself and my own pleasure. And, you know, that's been, that was heartbreaking to realize and Mm. going on this journey of creating sexual pleasure, pleasure within myself and, you know, committing to a self-pleasure practice that looks so different to what I ever thought Mm. self-pleasure or masturbation was about has been fascinating. But Mm. Alicia, tell us about orgasm hierarchy and the different types of orgasms. So we've gotten really clear on the fact that orgasm through penetration is not received by everyone. It's not something everyone's bodies can do. And am I right in saying that it's not something everyone's bodies can do? Or can you you teach yourself? You're the second person that has, it's happened for them over time. So you must be able to. I personally, like there's not, like I can't give a hard and fast answer to this because there's just not the research around it. Uh, and there would never be the research that could say 100% of people can do anything, right? Oh my God, yeah. What I would say, though, is that it, it is my belief that more women than 18% can mm. orgasm by penetration. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, rather than penetration, vaginal sex, right? Penetration mm-hmm. can also be anal, yeah. which you can also have orgasms from. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I would say that there is absolutely the ability because I would have said five years ago, I didn't have the ability. And it wasn't until I went on the journey to, to resensitize parts of my body that had lost sensation, had shut down based on protection, you know, going on a journey of resensitizing my vagina, for example, has led to me being able to orgasm via vaginal sex. Wow. And I know, having worked with you know a variety of women and talked to a variety of women, that the same um, can be said for them. And even if it's not about like the orgasm, because for me, we do have, we we do put the orgasm on the pedestal. I yeah. love orgasms. I really love yeah. them. But the party is great without them. Right? Even just you that know? thing of being able to feel a feel pleasure and have a pleasurable experience without an yeah. orgasm. And yeah. it was just so funny because. I had for a long time, I never put orgasm really up on that pedestal. I felt really secure in myself and really like, it's totally like, I was totally okay with not having one, but it was multiple partners, like insecurities and they're like, oh my God, if if you don't have an orgasm, it means I failed, you know? But then when I flipped it around, I also thought, God, if if my partner didn't finish, I would feel like a failure, you know? Because we've shown that we've shown that through media all the time, the vernacular we use, we say, Hey, did you like make her orgasm? Oh, guys who can't make a woman orgasm, like we laugh at them, like guys who can't find women's clips. Like it's like the, the language we're using to shame people is showing up as shame in the bedroom. Yes. Right? <laughs> oh my god, yes. And I want to acknowledge I've absolutely taken part in um these memes where it's about, you know, a bloody map trying to find the clitoris. But to be honest, that was me. I literally, you were 19 until you I found a part 19, of your body. And I literally yeah. had no, like, I didn't know my anatomy at all. And I was having mm. sex. I was having sex with multiple people. I'd even had an orgasm and I had no fucking clue what was yeah. going on. I'd literally mm. never touched myself. I yeah. never even explored that until mm. self-pleasure didn't become a thing I started doing until I was, was towards the tail end of being 19 and 20 was because I literally realized, oh my God, I don't even know what a clitoris is. And I was like, what the fuck? And I think a friend bought me a vibrator for my, must be my 20th birthday or something. Yeah. And that is where the love affair began. <laughs> yeah. And, and for those listening, you know, I will, I want to bring in here like a slightly different perspective on, well, a different story really yeah. around um, self-pleasure, et cetera. You know, I was four when I started masturbating. Yeah. And so I started touching my body, my genitals really early and that caused me to have a whole raft of conflictions and confusions and devastations about my body, about my pleasure, about um, what it meant, you know, for me, like calling, like thinking of myself as a nympho, wow. um, as sexually addicted. You know, I thought my inner labia grew long as punishment for me masturbating. Wow. You know, so oh I had gosh. all of these hangups because yeah. I started pleasuring myself early. Mm. And so all of us are going on this unique journey and and usually what we all share is a sense of confusion and shame and shame um, and and And, some regard. Yeah. And I I have had so many conversations with people about when did you start self-pleasuring? And there are so many others out there who started really, really young and like who it it surprised me and it shocked me, but it also was like that a hundred percent could be a possibility for so many of us, you know? And even I remember listening to a podcast once about, it was like conscious parenting and and how mm-hmm. to, you know, go through that experience of your child, like starting to touch themselves yeah. and feel pleasure and learn about their body. And it was the coolest fucking conversation. I should find it, but it was the coolest fucking conversation I've ever heard about 
how they worded pleasure and safety and how they, you know, had this, they spoke about basically the child was starting to touch themselves in school and around other people must've been about seven. And the parent had this beautiful conversation with the child. They said, Hey, that's beautiful that you want to get to know your own body. Um, When you do this, I want you to be in a safe space. Let's find a safe space for you. Let's Mm -hmm. go to your room. Let's set it up. Let's, you know, and whenever you want to talk about it, like tell me what it feels like. And I was like, Holy cow. Like just imagine if we had someone or actually not if we had someone, let's say if we were having these conversations with ourselves every Mm -hmm. time we were touching ourselves, having a sexual experience, feeling pleasure, feeling shame. If we spoke to ourselves in that way of, Hey, tell me about it. Hey, let's find a safe space. Hey, it's okay. You know, this Mm -hmm. is normal to feel. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that is really like the piece of yourself to cultivate. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's in the work you do. It's, you know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So how we go on the personal development journey of learning to tap into ourselves, listen to ourselves, listen to our intuition, um, hold our inner child, hold these parts of us that are feeling fear, um, you know, guide them, et cetera. That is all what we like. That's the same as what we do need to do in sex, right? And sex with ourselves, sex with others is just holding space for all that we are and being able to tune into ourselves and honor what is there because I the, the, we've shut it down so often. Most of the women I um, have worked with, my, like and myself included, have shut down so much of the language that we were born with and our bodies and our body mind because it's safe, right? It's, mm. it's, it's a protection mechanism to shut that down because it means we can show up in these situations and, and not have to deal with all that noise, right? It's a sense of disconnection and um it allows us to protect ourselves in those environments. And so the journey is coming back and tapping into that language, relearning that language and honoring it because you'll, we, you know, what happens is when we start to learn the language again, the difficult part is then honoring it, right? Cause you're in a sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember I was starting on this journey and we were, I was having sex with somebody and I was like, you know, I know I'm not ready for penetration. I know I don't yeah. want their penis in me right now. Like I want them to love on my body. I want like, I just want all that juiciness and I want my, my pussy to be on, like really like looked after first. Yeah. And it was so hard to say, like there were times I didn't say it. Yeah. And all the shutdown that happened because I didn't say it, like my body would go into like, you know, freeze, freeze, I'd disconnect mentally, I'd disassociate, you know, I've had it even moments early in my relationship with my current partner and he would notice, he'd be like, something's off. And, and I'd really have to be honest and be like, I didn't honor myself in that moment. I didn't listen to myself and my body has gone into back into its protection mode. Right. Mm-hmm. So learning the language is important, but it's then like, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to show up um, and honor that part of you and really listen and be honest with yourself. And then that, when you start doing that, that's when you actually expand your capacity for pleasure. You expand your capacity for connection with self and with others. It's yeah. it's re- because you've created more safety in your body. Safety. You've it regulated all comes back to safety, doesn't it? Safety. All back to safety. I say yeah. to people when they come to me, they're like, I want to orgasm more. I, I want to have more pleasure. I want all these wonderful things like I'm mm. seeing in the movies and reading the books. And I'm like, how safe do you truly feel during sex? How safe yeah. do you feel yeah. to turn up authentically and say, hey, no, I don't like this. Hey, I want to try this. Hey, today actually, I'm just not up for it, right? Yeah. Like, can we cuddle instead? How safe are you and do you feel 
to be the authentic you in this moment. Mm, fuck. And it's so true. And it transfers obviously into life as well. Oh, and absolutely. I'm brought back to that, that story that I shared about my first orgasm. And I literally mm. had, I, my body did that thing. It shut down. I just, everything mm. tensed and froze up because I honest to God thought I was going to pee because I had no idea yeah. what was happening. And yeah. It was fucking terrifying and Mm. going, what I've noticed is going on this journey of squirting and learning how to squirt has been a whole new host of sexual shame and Mm. the fear that you can't control something, you know, and that something might happen or somebody's going to say something. And it's so true that sex with somebody else is, there's so much vulnerability, right? And so Alicia, if we were to talk in practical steps around So it sounds like in order to achieve more pleasure, in order to have amazing orgasms, which is what, you know, so many of us want in order to feel, you know, a lot of pleasure and increase your capacity for pleasure. It sounds like the number one thing that we need to work on cultivating is safety in the body and understanding your body's cues and Mm -hmm. your, that mind body. Yes. That we were speaking about. Yeah. I actually think the best place to start is outside of sex. Um, Yes. Tell us about that. I think so many of us aren't even used to having pleasure in our everyday experiences. Our systems are overwhelmed. Our nervous system is constantly dysregulated. Pleasure is actually really difficult for most people to access um, because they haven't even given it space, right? So if you mm. think of turning up in a sexual experience, trying to be like, all right, like here I am, all the pleasure, <laughs> yeah. your body doesn't shed its shit just as you enter another doorway, right? It carries the same shit from the day. So if you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you're dysregulated, um, your body's not used to pleasure, being in the moment, being present, um, like focusing on sensitivity over intensity, et cetera, like then it's going to be very difficult to turn up in a sexual experience like that. So actually where I always start is from the most simplest form is like cultivating this in your everyday, right? How are you bringing 30 seconds more pleasure into an everyday scenario. When you're eating breakfast, are you looking at your phone? Are you thinking about a bunch of stuff? Come back to the present moment. Really taste that food in your mouth. Feel the textures. You know, notice what your lips are like over your spoon. Bring yourself back to your senses and just really tuned in. Mm. And the more you do this in your everyday, the more safety you will create in your nervous system to being present, to being in your body, listening to its cues, um, you know, being able to tap into your senses and your sensory experience, and then being able to invite in pleasure because pleasure can't be forced. It can only be invited. Oh, I like that line. Pleasure can't be forced. It can only be invited. Yeah. And so what that that, that requires is a sense of openness, of curiosity, Mm -hmm. of being like, oh, I am, I'm open here. And when you're stressed and overwhelmed, you're closed. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Really hard to feel pleasure in a moment of overwhelm and stress. So it's not that you can't feel pleasure when you're stressed. Right. So because pleasure can actually be a great um, healer of stress, but it's that it it will, it will take you and it will require a level of awareness coming into yourself. So as I, you know, I share with my clients, so often our awareness is external. It's like all the thoughts and worries about what we have to do, when we have to do it, who we have to see, et cetera. Just bring that attention and awareness in a little bit more in like, you know, 30 seconds a day. That's all you need to start with. And then that will start to cultivate your ability to tap into yourself. And this opens yourself up to different types of pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. So we're so focused on intensity and I I know we probably won't get time to talk too much about the vibrator, but I'll write some stuff up about it so you can send Mm -hmm. your community. But, you know, when it comes to vibrators, vibrators are freaking awesome. Amazing. I could not yeah. live without a vibrator. Like, tell I us about this, this proper topic we're meant to talk about today. But obviously, we're going to get back on the podcast. 
Can here's the real question. Can yeah. you become addicted to your vibrator? Are vibrators bad for you? Look, the the overall consensus is you can't, it's very unlikely you can become addicted to your vibrator. Right. Addiction is something that is diagnosed. It is something that has increasing harm to you and the relationships you have and your ability to live a life to a certain level. Mm. Um, or maybe you, my question would be around desensitizing, you know? Yeah, and yeah. And we'll get what I want to say that first is like we go to extremes with language. And I think it's really important to be like, let's pull back from like feeling addicted and go, you can become reliant. Reliant, yeah, right, yeah. So this this is just habit. God, we become reliant on a bunch of things in our everyday life, um, and so all it is is that you can ha- have a sexual habit that you've created habit, by yeah. using your vibrator, which is there's nothing wrong with it. All it is is that you're putting yourself only on one pathway when there are multiple pathways available to you. Mm-hmm. So, and that might be something you've intentionally decided. That is okay. Right. If you're like, I know there are other things, but actually this is my go-to and this is all I want. You are like the captain of your sexual ship. You get to do what the hell you want. You are the captain of your sexual ship. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So that's always important for people to know. It's like, whose standard are you living to? There is no sexual standard. You get to yeah. at all times choose what is good for you in this moment. Mm. Staying open to the fact that five years in the future might be a different sexual you and allow that version of you to explore it as they see fit. So always allow yourself to shift and change, right? Yeah. What you like now, you might not like in the future. What you don't like now, you might like in the future, etc. So always staying deeply curious. But the, but the idea of different pathways is always really important to me. And I was somebody who... I've gone through ebbs and flows of being reliant on a vibrator, mm-hmm. right? And it's always just an invitation for me to go, oh, okay, like, is this serving me right now? Mm-hmm. Do I have the capacity and curiosity to expand into other versions of pleasure? If not, why not? And what's the challenge there? And how can I support myself to do it if it is something that I want to do? So yeah. the thing about vibrators is they give a lot of intense sensation, right? Sensation that human body oh do they my (laughs) goodness yeah like it just doesn't even compare to anything you know like it literally is a machine it is not a human yeah yeah no exactly so you know and and you think about it like if you think of foods there are some foods that are are made so differently with machinery that we can't make um you know with human hands or we need support with etc like it's it's always important to be like how amazing is it that we've created these things that can bring us so much pleasure? Uh, that's wonderful. We should celebrate that. And we should be like, that's not the only pleasure out there. And one thing when it comes to um, vibrators is that, you know, I've had it and people I've talked to is that it can feel like more difficult to orgasm after a while. Like your yes. threshold for orgasm keeps yeah. getting like further and further away and you might get frustrated and annoyed. You're like, Oh, I just have five minutes. I just want to get this out. I feel so close. And it's not getting there. <laughs> that, honestly, I cannot, I so resonate with that. Like just being so fucking close yeah. and so far all at the same time. Yeah. And like yeah. in those moments, I know that I just have to be okay and surrender mm-hmm. and let whatever happens happen and remove yeah. orgasm as the goal. But in the moment, it's fucking hard because you want hard. that release. You want Absolutely. that pleasure. Like it is amazing to feel <laughs> what it's like to have an orgasm. Like it's, it's a beautiful feeling, you know, and I do. Yeah. I really find myself being, yeah, getting frustrated and being like, you know, and I, I found that really hard to navigate with a partner who 
measured his worthiness by if he could make me orgasm or not. And I found that so hard because I put all this pressure on myself to yeah. orgasm and yeah. for I then yeah, for him, right? Like it didn't even for become yourself, for me. Or, yeah. 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 And I remember feeling like, God, if I don't orgasm, I'm such a failure in this and he's not going to love me anymore. And it was so painful, these stories I was telling myself. And I had ended up having such an odd relationship with my vibrator. Like I hated it, but I loved it. And I knew it could be this amazing tool that could add to my pleasure but then I started having this like distaste towards it because I kept resonating with the shame of something's wrong with me why can't I do this without this you know and so you can imagine internally what that is creating in your nervous system yeah and my body like even just imagining like even just imagining tension like Mm -hmm. for me shame in the body and I invite any one of you listening to think about the feeling of shame and what it feels like in your body does it feel yeah. like it's opening and relaxing or does it feel like it's closing? For me, it literally, shame feels like I put a wall or a barrier up. You know, shame feels like the opposite of authenticity. It feels like I need to I need to protect the most vulnerable parts of me right now from feeling this, yeah. from feeling any more shame, you know? Yeah. For me, shame yeah. is, is that wall, but in the body, it literally is tension and it's close. And that is the opposite of the state that I'd like to be in to access pleasure, you know, yeah. and yeah. removing orgasm from the goal. It's about pleasure, you know? Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah, well, it that down your ability to actually access pleasure. It does. Um, right. Yeah. So what yeah. are the ways, what are the ways that you can, we, I'm going to say we, because I'm definitely going to go do my homework after this, um, that we can access more pleasure in those states of frustration. Yeah, there's a couple of things I just like briefly want to touch on that have come up a few times in this conversation, <laughs> which I can come back to. Um, but in those moments of frustration, it's like allow yourself to feel frustrated. Mm. Right? How how can you tap into that part of you that feels frustrated? And it's like, oh, and yeah, let it happen. Yeah fucking annoying is this I really want to look at them right now right yep. acknowledge what is going on with you because what happens is you judge yourself for not having an orgasm then you judge yourself for feeling frustrated and not having an orgasm and you're frustrated and it just becomes a cycle all this and judgment so, yeah exactly and that is what is going to happen is your brain will start to associate judgment and shame with pleasure and sex with pleasure and sex because that's so what our brains start, do right they just they put it. any repeated experience you put two and two together which makes sense as to why you do form those yeah. habitual pathways to rely on certain external stimulation or even like even a routine, you know, like exactly. I went through this phase where I was really like, I felt like I could only orgasm if I was watching porn and yeah. I had this little routine that I would go through, you know, and that, that's what's led, that what was what had led me to reaching my, you know, I'm doing a little air bubbles, my goal of, yeah. of orgasm. And anytime I disrupted that routine, I found it so much harder. Of course it is, because your brain doesn't like to, um, it likes to do things with as little energy as possible. So it <laughs> loves routines. It loves habits, right? So if you do something enough times over and over again, then it is going to be like, oh, this is the way we do it. Yeah. So it makes sense, you know, if you use a vibrator the same way every time or you only use a vibrator, if you watch porn or you have certain fantasies in your head and these are the repetitive things that you continue to do, yeah. it is normal and natural for your brain to associate and need these things in order to have pleasure, in order to orgasm, et cetera. You've just basically told your brain it's the algorithm, right? A plus B plus C. <laughs> 
I love that. Yeah. So, this is the equation to have an orgasm. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. And so your brain's just doing what you've told it to do. Now, mm. the really pivotal thing here is not to shame yourself for this if you get mm. into a habit or you get into a routine. Completely normal thing to do. All right. Mm. Completely natural and okay. When you catch yourself in that and you go, oh, wow, I've been doing this like quite frequently. Or, or you might know, try to do something different. And like you said, it's difficult. And you're like, why is this so difficult not to watch porn? Like, why is, do I feel this need to have this fantasy in my head? Or I can't keep going back to that to get that intense feeling of pleasure you know mm-hmm. it's always just an invitation to self of okay like I know where this is happening I've built a pathway that's okay and it's going to take time and patience in order to explore other pathways mm-hmm. I might even find that I just flick back to the pathway I know halfway through <laughs> that's okay we right? love a road we know we, we love, love something we certain. love a road yeah. exactly <laughs> and like any habit it takes practice and intention and compassion and so it's, it's always just being able to go, okay, if I'm frustrated self, I get to like hold myself in that, give myself compassion in that and invite myself into something different, right? Mm. Oh, okay. I know I'm, yeah, fuck, this is so frustrating, but you know what might not happen today? What, like, what can I do right now um, that would feel really good for me? Yeah. Right. Maybe I want to just like stroke my face or stroke my arms or stroke my pussy, yeah. Maybe actually like, I just want to get my book out. You know, there might be something like. I just want to get just... my book out. <laughs> yeah, I just want to go read my book. It's so me. I've 100% been in the middle of having sex and been like, this is just not really doing it for me. I wish, yeah. I wish someone was reading my sexy book. Yeah. I feel so much more turned on. Isn't that fucking hilarious? My God. And that is so important to note because that is like a signal that something's not quite right. Yeah. And what is your invitation here? And how are you going to honor yourself in this moment? How are you going to honor yourself in this moment? That's such a beautiful question. Yeah. And like, you know, just one of the things I finish on is that, you know, we talk, it's come up a couple of times about your, your, partner at the time feeling like he was frustrated because he couldn't make you orgasm mm. now and one multiple multiple yeah. partners oh, and experiences common, with this, right? you know it's really yeah. but I also just want to acknowledge the vice versa-ness of it like oh, absolutely the vice versa-ness god that's that word um <laughs> but, but I, I don't mean the vice versa of the scenario yeah, yeah like how frustrated I felt if I haven't been able to make a partner come and how shitty I felt too you know it is a it creates more shame right it's shame for both sides absolutely yeah. it's about it's about inquiring as to where am I placing my worth in this experience mm. am I placing my worth in my partner's pleasure am I placing my worth on my partner's orgasm am I placing it on how good I look giving them a blowjob identify where you're putting your worth and bring it back to yourself Mm. and be like I am detaching my worth from this experience right I can lean in and go hey my intention here is to support you to feel pleasure Mm -hmm. my intention here is to like give you a great blowjob but no matter what happens my worth is not involved Mm. right it's when we leave because that's when we start to like what happens is we start to take responsibility for other people's pleasure I don't like the statement I know I mean I've used it before but I've tried to start I'm trying to reframe the statement make someone orgasm because you can't make someone no yeah right you you can't but we use that we use that a lot and it makes sense because we're shown all the time about oh she was so good she made like she gave me the biggest orgasm or he was so good he was able to make me orgasm via this what about oh I experienced an orgasm and they supported me with that right like oh he helped me to feel so safe and he used his tongue in such a delicious way that I like I had an orgasm that's amazing 
it's taking responsibility for your own pleasure, right? You find out where your clitoris is and share it with them. You find out how you like to be touched. You know, they can help you with this, but your pleasure is your responsibility and their pleasure is their responsibility. You can support each other with that, but you're not responsible for each other's pleasure. That's so beautiful. And that's a hard one to get. It is a hard one to to wrap. It's a hard one to wrap your head around, but to actually take action on because of the fact that we are conditioned so much with these messages of like, oh, you have to give a great blowjob. You have to do this or they have to bow to, you know, like make you bloody go to the beyond um, within a couple of minutes, whatever it is. And I feel like that's a really beautiful, healthy way of coming back to your responsibility for your own pleasure and seeing your partner, but also seeing your vibrator as a support. Exactly. It's a a tool, like you see. Yeah, it's a tool and seeing it as a support, like Mm -hmm. you would, you know, a partner or anything else that you're going to use to support you in this journey of you taking responsibility for feeling pleasure in your body. And that feels just even saying those words saying, take responsibility for my own pleasure. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, that feels so empowering to say that that it's my responsibility. It feels like I have come back to having a voice, you know, and when I take, when I choose to take responsibility for that, I choose to honor myself and when it's a yes and when it's a no and when it's a move a little bit to the left and, you know, when it's, this is working, this is not working. And that, that is something that excites me. And I hope that everyone listening is excited by that too. And can we finish Alicia on, the because I I love a daily practice I think they like a 30 second daily practice I think is probably the most powerful thing you can do to change your life and it's because of the facts the fact that that's how our brains work they work through repetition you said it perfectly that our minds want us to do things in the easiest simplest most low effort way possible and so repetition is a big part of learning new habits and new skills and also repetition is a big part in learning to create safety so you mentioned almost like I'm envisioning like a daily pleasure practice of even like just touching your own skin or finding pleasure when you're eating and tasting food. Like what's something we can all do as our homework? If there's anyone out there, it's like, I want more pleasure in my life. Yeah. What are we doing every day for 30 seconds? Yeah. Can I give you two things? All right. Two things. Okay. I'll give you two things. And people can pick and choose or you can incorporate <laughs> both one in the morning and one at night, you know? I love it. Really I love hard. it. Yeah. Uh, one is yeah I like to do actually them simultaneously like a sexual pleasure and, a, and an everyday pleasure well, for the everyday pleasure it would be absolutely that choose one thing each day um, and it could be different for each person it could be a shower it could be eating um, their breakfast it could be having a coffee in the morning choose something that is your everyday thing and for 30 seconds bring your senses pay attention to your five senses um, just practice being present to what is like what is happening with your senses and inviting and pleasure, right? So when I say inviting, just open yourself up to what is it like, you know, to smell this coffee, to taste this coffee, to, um, to, you know, hear myself like in this experience, what, you know, everything that's in your senses, just pay attention to it, inviting pleasure. And when it comes to sexual pleasure, something that's like not incredibly sexual, but um, is a really great starting point to really connect to this part of you in a, compassionate and tactile way is I like to put my hand on my heart and like just a hand on my pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So just hover it over, just like you're giving your pussy a little hug. Okay. If you're not yeah. comfortable touching your pussy, you could just hover it over just so you can feel the warmth from your hand, just, um, just stretching down and just like for 30 seconds sitting like that, breathing into your heart space, into your pussy space and just being like, Hey, 
Like, you know, what am I feeling in these spaces? What sensations are here? Mm. You're bringing oh my God, wind. can we can we do this now together with you? And I yeah. feel like this will be really exciting for everyone to listen. Yeah, so good. I'm going to do this. Alicia's going to do this. And we invite you to do it too for 30 seconds. If I can change the world. Okay. So hand on heart, <laughs> hand on pussy. If you don't feel comfortable, it's hovering. Okay. Yeah. And just noticing what's there. Not seeing any sensations. Just acknowledging them. Can even pulse your pussy a little bit just to like mm-hmm. activate it. Say hello. Yeah, like I'm almost feeling a bit like numb today, you know, like yeah. all I can feel is the coldness of my hand, which is really interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That's great though, to acknowledge that coldness. And and what you're doing is you're activating those sensory receptors on your pussy, right? It's mm. sensitive to that cold on your hand. Oh my God, that's beautiful. It's it's making me quite emotional. So mm-hmm. if anyone's yeah, doing that, yeah. And yeah, like really be giant gentle with mm-hmm. yourself when you're doing it because a lot of people have never compa- like compassionately and just without agenda. Without agenda, yes. Without it having to mean that you're gonna start pleasuring yourself or you're going down that road to orgasm or you're trying to perform for somebody or you know, and just having it be about connecting with your own pussy and feeling that connection and like it's so funny because this morning I woke up and I thought you know I checked in with my body and how it felt from the couple of grueling workouts I did yesterday and I said do I want to go to the gym this morning and I felt my body and it was aching and it was sore and I didn't have much energy and I was like cool I don't want to go to the gym today like it's going to be a rest day And that is something I've trained myself to do. But when it comes to pleasure and my pussy, I've never really thought about checking in with that part of me when I would so often check in, you know, with my muscles or my body, you know, thinking about if I want to choose to go and do some exercise today or how hard I work out. And this is another part of your body. And we do the same thing with our energy, right? With the conversations. Do I have the energy to go out tonight? Do I have the energy to go spend time with friends? And we check in with ourselves, but I don't think I, and I want to take responsibility for my own pleasure because I am the, <laughs> what did you call it? The bloody driver of my own bus or something? No, the station. Yeah, this, the captain of your own sexual ship. The cap- <laughs> What was I asking you about a bus? The captain of my own sexual ship. And yeah, I don't think I've been creating time to actually check in. And what I'm excited to, to do this little piece of homework, like I'm really connected to that, but I'm excited that it takes, you know, 30 seconds and I don't have to make it. Cause at the moment I'm feeling pretty disconnected from my own pleasure. And that's just a stage I'm in and I get to know that that's okay. And that it's a moment in time. It's not going to stay like this forever, but it doesn't mean that I have to ignore my posse. It doesn't mean that I have to shut it down and numb it. I can take 30 seconds every day to check in and see how it's feeling and acknowledge and accept any feelings that are present, whether all it is like today where I was like, Oh, I can only feel the touch of my coldness. Like it feels cold and that's all I can feel today. Exactly. Right. Because well, like I said, pleasure is an invitation. It is not mm-hmm. forced. So the point not of this forced. exercise is not to feel pleasure in your pussy or your body. It's actually just to notice to acknowledge and to build this pathway within you so that you start to learn the language 
of your pussy, what you'll start to do is you'll start to build awareness of what things feel like on your skin of your pussy, right? What it feels like to tap into, like, if there's any sensation there, you know? So what you're doing is you are just relearning this language and that takes time and it takes this intentional 30 seconds a day. And it is, like you said, accepting whatever comes up because if it's numb, what beautiful information for you. Mm. numbness is just as it's important as every other emotion we experience that's it right like it's not yeah. like i need and for anyone doing this i really want you to hear this you don't need to force that feeling to be different no. the goal of this exercise is not to try and change how it is yeah. that you feel it's to practice radical acceptance and connection to what is going on right now it is to like mm-hmm. that's probably going to be my new favorite word to learn the language of your body and to communicate with your body you can't communicate with it in words you know you just can't you have to look into the feelings oh that is the most beautiful thing to finish on alicia thank you so much i 100 percent need you to come back to this podcast because there's obviously a lot that we need to talk about there's so much um, <laughs> we went on lovely tangents and i love it and yeah, yeah. absolutely Yes. But Alicia, you work with clients, you have multiple workshops that, Mm. and if you, I'm going to say this right now, if you want to have your mind fucking blown, and if you want to be expanded in the most amazing way, what I love about Alicia and her workshops that she has on offer at the moment is the practical aspects of it. Like it's really practical Mm. tools, like look at this way or do it like this. (laughs) And it has the beautifulness of you get to be the captain of your own ship. Like you get to say like, what does that feel like for you? Say yes, say no. And I really enjoy having both of those aspects because there's a part of me that loves learning, that loves going, oh, how do I do this? How does, you know, how can I do this differently? What are some different ways yeah. to access this? And I also want to learn to honor my body, you know, and mm. to honor its cues. So how can people find you and how are yeah. you working with, with humans at the moment? And yeah, any other information you want to give? Yeah, wonderful. Um, thank you so much. Uh, at the moment, best place to follow me is Instagram. So it's at Alicia Fay. Uh, sex dot coach. Uh, will you? I will link. I will of course pop it in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Perfect. And like uh, Kathleen said, you can jump on my website, which you can find on the Instagram um, uh, section. <laughs> I can't even remember what it's called. Link in bio, the Instagram bio. And check out the link there. Go to my website. um, And the workshops I have there around anal, playing with cock, um, tapping into your own orgasmic potential. So we tapped into a couple of things here about... um, uh, you know, vaginal and clitoral pleasure, but I talk about a lot more, including G-spot uh, pleasure and cervical pleasure as well. And um, I have another one. Oh, the one around squirting. So if you oh want to be like Kathleen and, and turn up with your friends and be like, <laughs> I I fucking, I still have so many questions about squirting, even all the research I've done. So maybe we can dive into that. Yeah, we should chat another, we'll we'll have another one just about squirting. I love that. Because I have some, I have some fucking funny stories about squirting now, but Alas, thank you so much, Alicia. Is there anything else that you want to say to anyone listening? Oh, there's just a final thing. In terms of working with me, I actually, you know, this talking about pleasure and being able to tap into pleasure and really create safety in your body um, and accessing and pleasure and expanding that capacity. I am bringing out um, an offering on that in the next few weeks to to go slowly on that journey without having to overwhelm themselves. Mm. So if this is something you're curious about, if you want more pleasure in your everyday life and your sexual life as well, then yeah, get onto my Instagram. I'll be announcing more of that in the next weeks. That's incredible. I'm excited about that. And like what I love about Alicia's work is it never feels overwhelming. You know, like even 
for me right now knowing to go and do that 30 second practice I'm like that feels very doable you know like that feels very doable it doesn't feel too scary it feels I'm curious about what will come up but it doesn't feel too scary right now and I love that it's not overwhelming and that it's about creating safety Alicia you are fucking epic and I cannot wait to have you back on the podcast um please go and follow Alicia the shit she shares is just the most beautiful mix of like (laughs) shock and like sarcasm and humor and hilarity and seriousness and self-love it's just this beautiful blend so go and follow her check out her content I will link her in the show notes below and if you have any questions for when Alicia comes back on next time please DM me on Instagram. I'm at Kathleen.MindsetCoach. If you don't follow me already, what on earth are you doing? You should, because um, I want to, I want to hear your questions that you have for Alicia um, because we all, we all have, you know, such different experiences. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a guest today, Alicia. And I cannot wait for our next thank episode you. together. You're absolutely wonderful. I feel so grateful for this. Yeah.